Welcome everyone to the 54th Fireside Chat with Tom Campbell, hosted by Oliver Weiss. Today we will start with questions from our participating audience. And Jan, please go ahead. All right, so I try to get it together. Hello everybody, by the way. Uh, all right, so I wanted to share a little intellectual being story I'm going through to clarify some things that arose to help others uh, with the same struggle. Uh, my background is like, um, currently it's like being aware of all the thoughts uh, and fear patterns. It's getting increasingly hard to stay present. Um, I wanted to talk about some, some of the fears that are in my experience coming from the Advaita practice taught by Moji. Uh, you, you can watch his videos on, um, on YouTube. I was observing myself to such a degree that my intellect was creating so many excuses and false beliefs to bring me back in some fear state and to be as a person, like uh, in, in the Advaita is taught. Can you comment on that or uh, should yeah, I? Yeah, I can comment on that. Um, so you were... Practicing observing yourself. I assume that that is in a meditation state where you are quiet, um, no thoughts, just observing yourself. And did you then um, kind of move that observation not just to the present moment, but did you observe yourself as you have been, like yesterday and the day before and the years past, uh, did you observe yourself as you want to be somewhere in the future? Or were you just observing yourself at the present moment? I guess as all those things like in the past or in the future. Yeah. Okay. In many cases, yeah. Yeah, if you... The thing is that what's happening is probably that you're... You know, when you, when you do this observation... You're supposed to be doing it just from the being level. From the being level, you're supposed to, the being level is aware. Okay. That has awareness. So you're aware of information. And as long as you stay in that open and aware state, then the observation shouldn't uh, cause you these troubles. Mm. But when you, when you start getting your intellect involved, now your intellect will start doing analysis. Your intellect yeah. will start saying, oh, well, when I did that and I did that, that must mean this. And now you're get, your intellect will just get you all wadded up. Pretty soon it'll have you chasing your tail and you won't have any idea what end is up, you know, and what end is down. It's just, it gets very confusing because your, your intellect doesn't have enough information to do good analysis. It only has enough information to raise questions and problems, but not enough information to ever give you any answers or solutions. <laughs> you see, yeah. it just doesn't have the information. So then you end up with tons and tons of questions and, uh, and, uh, things that you don't understand. That's what your intellect does in its analysis with no solutions. And pretty soon you're overwhelmed by all of that. And then it, then it all kind of, you know, gets worse because then you're you're overwhelmed with it, then there's too much, then nothing seems to work, so then you try harder, the harder you try, the worse it gets, etc., etc. So you, where you're going wrong is letting your intellect 
creep into the process. When that intellect starts doing analysis, then you have a problem. Now, if you can just be aware of yourself and watch yourself, kind of dispassionately, if you will, like you're watching a movie, you see? So you are outside yourself, looking at yourself going through life, looking at yourself doing things. And now you can do that in the past and the future, but you're not analyzing it. You're just watching it. Yeah. So you're not trying to, you're not trying to analyze it. You're not judging it. Oh, was I good there or was that not so good? You know, all of that comes up because you have ego mm-hmm. and the ego comes from the fear. And when you have the fear, well, I'm not so sure I'm doing that well. You know, how well am I doing? You know, and now you want to do a comparison to see whether you, oh, that's just ego stuff and it's all attached to fear. And as you get into that, it's like I say, it's like chasing your tail and pretty soon you're all wadded up to the point you don't know anything. You're just totally, con- totally confused because you've, you have all of these problems and issues and questions, but no answers whatsoever. And when that, when that number of questions <laughs> gets to a critical mass, you know, then's when you just feel like the whole thing's failed. You're wadded up. You have no idea what you're doing or why you're doing it. And you just feel like you need to quit. That's what happens. So observe yourself dispassionately without analysis, without judging, without comparing. So you don't ask questions like, well, how well am I doing? Did I do that right? See, all that's analysis. All that's judging and comparing. Just watch yourself. So go through the last day or the last week or when you were six years old. It doesn't matter. But just observe yourself as you are dispassionately. And observe, okay, these are the things I did. You're not judging them. You're not assessing them. You're not trying to see if they're right or wrong. You're just observing them. And in that observation, you will learn a lot because that's observation that's that's detached. Once that observation becomes an expression of your ego and your fear, then it all wads up and you end up with, with, uh, a jumble that is that you know it, it's like the pile of spaghetti and you can't you you can't untangle it mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's just a mess so that's the problem you are getting your intellect involved and that is what's ruining the, the process for you but it's a good process but you have to be detached and just observe okay uh, the thing is because um the struggle that came um, comes also in is like um Having thoughts is not not a bad thing, right? But if you're um, trying to observe yourself, lots of ways the mind can try to give you some sense of importance for the mind itself to believe in. It's crazy how it. Um, it yeah, gives, yeah. The uh, thoughts them th- thoughts themselves are not bad. Where your problem is with your ego is the analysis, the judging, the yeah. comparing. That's what gets you tripped up. Just having a thought and you can, you can, uh, again, it, it's, it'd be like, you know, this observing yourself would be like watching a movie of yourself. One where you're non-critical. You're just watching it, just observing. You see? And yes, you can have thoughts, but don't be, uh, don't judge it. Just see it as it is. You even may look at it and say, oh, well, gee, I did that. Yeah, that was pretty harsh. Okay. You might think that, but if you just accept that that's, is that's it, that's fine. 
don't judge the harshness as wrong or as a problem. Just observe it, you see. So the thoughts aren't the problem. Well, thoughts are the problem. It's the kind of thoughts you have. The thoughts that are analytical and judging and comparing, those are the problem. The thoughts that are just observing are not a problem. One's being level, the other's the intellectual level. When you, when you get that intellectual level involved, you're involving your ego, your beliefs, and your fears, because that's where it hangs out. I should put it this way, that's where it's expressed. That's where you express that fear, is through that intellect and that ego and, and your beliefs. So you need to let that go. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. The, the thing is, if you, um, are on, on, on some way in, in this path, then, then it's, it's crazy. Like, um, it's like you push a button inside of you and it just comes out by itself. If, if you have enough trust and, uh, mm -hmm. love for yourself and maybe, and, and for others. And I, I think if, if it's, is it, it's probably good uh, to just also imagine it, it's like something I was considering because in the Advaita or the observing part is you see all the thoughts come and go. And he also says, um, when you want to meditate, then you don't have to imagine anything. You just be, and it's like point consciousness. Mm -hmm. What do you explain also in your, mm -hmm. in your book? I believe. And I think there's similarities. And then I was also struggling with, with the part of imagining something because I was connecting it to everything, but imagining is like so useful and so, um, so good to, uh, re reassess or rather reassure oneself what, what truly is there. Like seriously, like the real truth that feels right and is not. Yeah. When you talk about reassess, that's analysis. And you talk about in, um, um, you know, making yourself feel better. Uh, would you say reassuring yourself? Yeah. That's ego. You see, <laughs> those things are not where you want to go. You want to just observe yourself. And as you observe yourself, you, you can see the ways that you are. Yeah. But as soon as you get your intellect involved, then you will have problems. That's okay. when it, that's when it goes bad. You know, okay. as long as you're just sitting there and observing again, you're a, you're a detached observer watching yourself, watching yourself in life, watching the, you know, and you can watch yourself as you have been and you can watch yourself as you, as you, uh, you know, want to be. If you want, you can make it future. You can make it past. Those aren't the problems. The problems is you have to stop doing the analysis. Stop judging. How am I doing? Reassurance that I'm doing it all right. You have to let all that go, you see. So you need enough confidence and you need enough, um, oh, I don't know. You, you need, you need to get, you need to get away from the fear. Kind of let the fear go. Rise above the fear to do this. Otherwise the fear of maybe I'm not doing it right. I need reassurance mm -hmm. that will suck you into a path that's not useful. So just suspend all that stuff and just, I'm just going to observe it good, bad or indifferent. I'm just going to look at it and watch it without judging it. 
And you may come, you know, you may see things you like, you may see things you don't like, but you don't judge them. You just let them be. Well, that's just the way it was. You see, without judging them. Um, it'll take practice. It'll take practice. You, uh, have enough fear that you are constantly wanting to, like you say, reassure yourself that you're doing it right, that you're on the right path, that you're not messing it up, that you are growing. And all of these questions you want to know, and all of that is the fear that you're not doing those things, you see. So just start with accepting yourself. I am who I am, doing what I do, and that's just me. And that's okay, because that's where I am now. Not so much as judging it and say, well, is that good or is that bad? Yeah. And if it's not good, I better get going. You know, if it, if it is good, I'll pat myself on the back. You know, instead of doing that, it's just accept yourself as you are. That's being authentic. Yeah. Just be whoever you are and have the courage to just watch that, whoever you are, yeah. without judging it, just watching it. Yeah. You're not looking for reassurance. You're not looking for whether or not you're doing it right. You're not looking for, um, I don't know, uh, you know, you're not looking for confirmation. All of those things is, you know, are projections of your, of your ego. Yeah. You're not looking for specific things like, and those may be projections of your belief. You believe at a certain point you should feel this or you should feel that. And you look for it and say, well, I don't feel that way yet. So I must not be there. You see, that gets in the way. That's a problem. Now you have a belief of the way things ought to be, and you're judging yourself on whether or not you feel the things you're supposed to feel. Oh, at this point, I'm supposed to feel this way. And at that point, I'm supposed to feel that way. Well, am I feeling that yet? Well, I don't think so. Must not be doing it right. Now you go back and try to use your intellect to fix it, you see. And it's all it's all intellect. It's all fear. It's all ego. It's all belief. And that's what the problem is. So just get yourself authentic first. Accept yeah. whoever you are, good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. Accept it all. It's just the way I am. Yeah. Now look at yourself in that observation. Yeah, it's funny because you said the feel to accept the feelings, um, or to 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 not change the outcome or that what what you expect to to happen. Like I was uh, in some kind of relationship the other weeks and I met a really beautiful woman and we, we were making fun and I was really still cringy and fearful and I felt that I was I was seeing what patterns that occur and I was always trying to relax and see what's there that holds me back and yeah and what what I wanted to say was like expecting feelings and uh, when the fear came up oh my god hopefully I'm not losing her or hopefully I'm not, uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, hopefully I'm not, not good enough for her. And yeah. uh, hopefully she likes me. I don't lose her. And all those fears came up and it was funny because I wanted to mentally go through it, just felt, feel it and see what, what, what happens inside of me. And I didn't want to be attached to those things, but sometimes it was really, really hard to just stay as something that is not, not touchable maybe. Yeah. Or something mm -hmm. that is really calm. And I was trying to fix the feelings I had, as you said, like I was, I was kissing her and the fear came up. Oh my God, hopefully um, I don't want not to love her and, and su such a thing. I want to 
do it right and, yeah. and all those things. Yeah. yeah. And then that's the intellect. I, yeah. That's the intellect and it's, it'll get in your way and it'll, it'll ruin what it is you're trying to do. Exactly. You need, you need to go into that situation with the idea that I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me and I'll be who I am. And if that doesn't work out, then it's really not a good thing to happen anyway. Yeah. You see, if that doesn't work out and the chemistry isn't there and you know, she doesn't like me and I'm, and I am the way I am, well, then that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's not a good match for me. You see, it's a good match for me when somebody likes me when I am just the way I am. That's a good match. So when you want to be somebody else, you're trying to fulfill an image. You're trying to fulfill a result. Then your intellect gets in the way. And the problem with that is fear will tend to make you do and be and say and act in such ways that you make that fear come true. So because you're fearful, you're going to act and do things that will help push her away. You see, because you're fearful that this isn't going to work out, you will tend to do all those things that make it not work out. So the point is just enter it openly and say, well, here's an interaction. I like this person. Let's see what happens. You see, not have a, oh, I want it to end this way. I don't want it to end at all. I want it to go that way, you know. Then you've got a you've got a goal that you're working on with your intellect, and that will just mess it up. It's like so, an intent, right? Yeah. Well, you have to have the in, the intent, uh, not coming from your intellect. You have to have the being level intent, and the being level intent should just be yourself. Just be open. Be yourself. And if it works out good, good. If it doesn't, well. It didn't go, you know, try something else. You know, it doesn't have to be that. So it's that sort of thing. So you just have to let it be. And you'll find that if you do that, you'll start learning and you'll realize that all of the relationships you have are training you for the next one. You're learning things. You're growing. You're growing. So, you know, you have a relationship and well, that one didn't work out too well. Yes, but you should have learned something from it. You see? And now you, you know, now you're a little better. So then you have another one and maybe that doesn't work out either. Well, then you learn something from that. You keep growing up until you get to the point that you are just open. You're yourself and you are willing to accept whatever the results are. Might work, might not. I'm just going to be me and we'll see what happens. And if you do that without any expectations, you'll have a much higher probability that what happens is really good. Because you won't be poisoning it with your fear. I remember all times when I was a little younger, I was really uh, blue-eyed and uh, like I was not fearful at all in doing things. I was kind of fearful. I had a, an idea like presentation in my mind and I felt some kind of fear, but I just said, no, there's no reason for it. I just didn't even think through that and was going into the experience and just did it. And like with an intention, like a burning uh, fire inside. And yeah, it's something like that, I think, to, to just, uh, just trust and just do it. And there's no thing. Have no, you have no expectation. Yeah. Let it, let reality unroll as it does. Just be yourself and let everything else unroll as it, as it unrolls. Okay. That is the best way to approach it. Your intellect's getting in your way. Um, 
in your meditations and in your life both, which is generally the way it is it, uh, because that's where the fear is expressed. So just relax and say, I'm okay. I'm just going to be me and we'll see what happens. Instead of having the fear, oh no, if I don't control the situation, I'm going to mess it up. See, you're already starting with a fear. Now you're trying to control and just that control will mess it up. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, you're welcome. Keep working on it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a long road. Just keep working on it. Don't yeah. get frustrated. Don't give up. Just yeah. say, all right, you know, next time I'll do better. And the next time you may or may not do better. You know, that's just the way it is. But then the next time you'll do better. As long as you have that intent, you'll get there. Yeah, I know that. All right, Tom. Uh, we can eventually also apply that to how we interact with others, being more not non-judgmental, more accepting, and just observe, uh, rather than yeah, you know, right. We, we can do that with make. sure. You can do that with others as well as doing it with yourself. Of course. After we work on ourselves, huh? <laughs> All right. We have Cheryl next. She's, you've got a couple of questions. Cheryl, please go ahead. Can I be heard? I hear you just fine, Cheryl. Oh, well, hello, Tom. Hi, Cheryl. It was really funny. I had on the almost the exact same shirt like yours, and at the last minute I changed it. We would have looked like Twinkies on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I see my shirt blends very, your picture's right below mine, and it looks like my shirt is the same color as the wall behind you, and I just kind of blend into your house there. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, well, it is kind of how it is. <laughs> I just needed a lot of help. <laughs> okay. I have two, I have two questions. Okay. I won't need a lot of help for a long time because I'm pretty quick studying. <laughs> Good to hear that. All right. What are your questions, Cheryl? Okay. Two questions. Okay. Um, the last, one of the last questions that I asked you, it was about the relationship between a right and a left brain couple and how they could help each other, um, get through that. And my question this time is I was curious about what are the, you know, um, or two left brain people? Can you speak about the struggle in this one and the ways to ease um, couples like this is uh, the struggle of it? Um, like when they fight over, he gets to do the details and things like that. Yeah, well, when you have two people who are very uh, uh, logical process oriented, typically you have two people who want to control their environments and, and, uh, you know, relationships and so on. They, they want things to work out their way and they'll tend to want to do those things that encourage or that raise the probability of things happening the way they want them. So you'll have two people who are both, um, trying to control things to the way they like it. And if they both happen to like it just exactly the same way, then there isn't a lot of conflict in it. Um, if they, which is the way it is mostly, they would, you know, like to uh, manipulate it to different ends, then there's conflict on who does what, who's in charge, uh, who makes the choices, um, 
that sort of thing. And as long as everybody agrees, again, there's not a problem. But when there's disagreements, nobody wants to give in. So oh. that's that's the kind of situation you have with with two people who are uh, dominantly logical process oriented. Um, the You know, the, the, the thing to do there, I guess, is just like the thing to do in any case, is that they need to see bigger pictures. They need to let go of my way is the best way. I understand the way things need to be, and others need to do it my way because that's obviously the best way for it to be done. And realize that that is a very self-centered viewpoint. And the idea that let other people let other people be how they are. Let other people um, express themselves as they are, and you accept that. So if somebody says, I really, you know, don't like the color green, speaking of my shirt blending <laughs> into your wall, you know, if I really don't like the color green, then rather than say, well, I do, I like it, and, you know, I think we ought to have everything green like that because I like it. See, and rather than having that argument, you have to respect that, that this person doesn't like that for whatever reason. Instead of thinking, well, that's stupid. Why wouldn't, why would somebody not like green? That's just stupid. You see, that doesn't make any sense that somebody wouldn't like green. You see, that's the, that's the self-centered, that's the self-centered approach. So you have to just realize that they are that way and you don't have to justify it logically. You don't have to say why they're that way. You don't have to analyze it. Well, you just don't like green because, you know, you grew up in the forest and everything was green and, and you remember that with bad feelings and you're glad you're in the city now and you don't like green. That's trying to make it logical, you see. Just let all that go and just say, well, that's the way they feel. Respect it. And if that's a person you care about, then try to you know, try to modify your own behavior so you don't you don't conflict with their behavior. You see, you see it as you're you're in this relationship to make them happy. It doesn't matter how much you like green if they don't like it. Let the green go. Right. You see, if it's about them and not about you, then that will solve the problem. As long as you got two very logical people and it's both about them, you're going to have conflict. So it's just a matter of growing up where everything doesn't have to focus on you and your wants and your needs and your preferences and that you don't see your needs and wants and preferences as the right and the best way. And anybody who disagrees with it, with it obviously has a problem of some sort. And, you know, why should you change something that's perfectly good just because somebody else has an issue or a problem? They just need to get over it. You see, that kind of attitude is arrogant and self-centered, and uh, what left-brain people do is they justify all that. Well, it'd really be good for them then if they don't like green, and green's just a normal color. It'd be good for them to learn how to like green, so I'm going to put green on everything. <laughs> just going to help them get over that problem. You see, again, that's arrogance and self-centered. If they don't like it, they don't like it. If you care about them, then try to help, you know, try to make them happy with what they like and what they don't like. And if they reciprocate and they try to make you happy with what you like and don't like, then you'll both be very happy with each other, you see. But as each wants to have it their own way 
and uh, each tries to make excuses and come up with quote unquote logical reasons why they ought to have it their way, then all you'll have is struggle. And the other thing I would comment about uh, two people with both very left brain. Now, if the very I'm talking about, you know, very left brain, mm-hmm. and that is they have a tendency to get into a relationship that is, um, should we say, okay, satisfactory. They tend to settle. They get to a point where they just kind of, all right, this is okay. You know, I can live, I can live with this. You know, it's kind of a standoff, if you like, to a point where I've learned your quirks, you've learned my quirks. We both kind of let each other alone in certain areas, but neither one of us really like it so well. And then they don't have the, they don't have the, uh, the feeling, the emotion, the connectedness, the, um, whatever, as more like they're, they're pretty good friends and they live together and they've learned to, not push each other's buttons, but they don't really have a real strong connection to each other. You see, they've just kind of settled for a a good enough situation that's better than being single or better than being on your own, and that's it. And that's okay. You know, it's good to spend time with friends, but it's it's only a shadow of what's possible. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. Matter of fact, you know, sometimes that looks like a pretty good arrangement. You know, at least you're friends, you know, <laughs> but it, but that's still just a shadow of what it could be if you could, uh, see that person with more respect and try to make them happy and see yourself, uh, uh, as, you know, as wanting to give. What can I give? Not, what should, you know, then what's, what's right? What do I have to give up? You know, if you see your life in terms of what do I have to give up? If I live with this person, all right, I can give up this, 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 and this, and that'll be okay. I can get by. I'll settle for that. But that's not really the way you ought to look at your life. You're looking at the negative side. You're focused on the negative side. You have to look at the positive side. What can I give? How can I make that other person happy? What can I do for them? See? So if now you're looking at the positive side of giving rather than the, than focusing on the negative side of what you're not getting that you want. And the only reason for looking on the negative side of, you know, what you're not getting is because you still have that self-centeredness that says, I want what I want. And if I want it, it's reasonable, it's logical, and it's a good thing. I should be having it. You see, that's the... I'm first. I live at the center of my own universe. And that is very destructive to relationship. Two people living, each living at the center of their own universe can settle and learn to be friends. That's better than fighting and screaming and, you know, being upset with each other all the time. That's better than that. But it's still only a shadow of what the relationship could be if they could let go of that self-focus and and uh, focus on what they have to give, not on what it is they want. It's just a change of perspective, and that's the key. But see, in order to do that, what you have to do is get rid of your fear and you know, get rid of that ego and get rid of those beliefs because that's the stuff that makes you have these wants and needs. It's that fear. 
you know, because you feel inadequate, then you need somebody to constantly be doing and saying those things that make you feel good about yourself. You're like right. a dry, you're like a dry sponge that constantly needs to be, you know, complimented and told how great you are and so on because you have this fear that you're not so great. Yes. And you tend to interpret things that other person says as being critical when they're probably not critical at all, but you interpret them that way because you have a fear. You see, so this, the reason that it's hard to focus on what can I give rather than, than, oh, I really would like this and I don't have it is because to do that, you have to let go of your fear and you let go of that fear. Then the ego goes and the beliefs go. And after that, you're real happy to be focused on what you can give because giving is what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. giving is what makes you smile you see not having it your way so that's the it's just a matter of growing up getting rid of the fear as long as you have that fear you tend to be self-focused you tend to have ego you tend to have mm-hmm. beliefs you have needs you have wants it's about you yeah okay but what about me you know what about the things i want and most people go through life that way it's all about what they want and how can they get it and how can they manipulate life and other people to get what they want? And that is a life that eventually is very empty and doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't give much back. It's a constant struggle and uh, it's, it's a lonely constant struggle. Mm. It's you, it's you. you you yourself, you and yourself, you know, kind of huddled together in the center of your own, <laughs> huddled together at the center of your own universe, trying to minimize the pain. That's what you get into. And that's how you live your life, figuring out a way to minimize the pain. Oh. That's not a good way to live. No. <laughs> well, you know, it, I perceived in my culture when I was coming up through it is that if you did act like, you know, if someone didn't say, I don't like green, you know, if you say, okay, well, then I won't, you know, paint green or put green anywhere um, to help you out. If if you, I've perceived it, if I went along those thoughts that I was perceived, I know this is ego and fears again, but we have a lot of those, uh, perceived as being weak and a doormat. And I was, I, I felt that making sure that I wasn't a doormat was a priority a lot when I was Mm -hmm. growing up, because then you get, (laughs) I would get picked on (laughs) if I, Mm -hmm. you know, acquiesced. And then if I stood up for myself, then I didn't get picked on. (laughs) So I think that just kind of reinforced my, I am this. That's the kind of culture that we live in. Okay. We live in a culture. We live (laughs) in a culture. (laughs) We live in a culture full of people who are very fearful, who have lots of ego. Okay. And lots of beliefs. And in that kind of a viewpoint where people are very fearful, then people who take are strong. The yes. People who give are weak, right? So if you're strong, you're a taker. You go out and get what you want. 
If you see people that can give you something you need, you use them, right? If you see anything, you know, anybody, anything, whatever, you use it. And you see that that's that's the way life is. That's the way it should be. You know, we go out in the world, we see the stuff we we want, see the stuff we can use, then we use it and we want it. And when we're done with it and can't use it anymore, we throw it away. We go grab something else and use that. Well, that's a very empty, shallow, sterile kind of an existence. And after you go through life very long as a user, it's all about you and your way, you end up getting depressed, unhappy, nothing ever seems to work out, all the relationships turn turn bad, you know, you're always struggling, you're always at war with the other people in the office, you know, with <laughs> with your family, with everything else. So you live this life of constant bickering, complaining and fighting, and it's a really sad way to live a life. Okay. So if you're into giving, that is not weak. Actually, that's strength. If you're into giving, you give because you want to. If you're giving because you think you have to, if you're giving because you think that's demanded of you, therefore you do it, you see, that is weakness. Oh, everybody wants me to, you know, always clean the toilets and scrub the floor. (laughs) And I don't want to do it, but, you know, everybody expects me to do it, so I do it anyway. And then you do it, but you're resentful. Mm-hmm. You don't like doing it, and you feel like everybody's pushing you around, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you see, that's because you're not doing it because you want to. I'm talking about giving in terms of you giving yourself because you want to. That's a gift. If you're giving yourself because somebody demands it or somebody requires it, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just doing stuff for people. I'm talking about giving something because you want to. And as long as you're giving things because what that's what you want to do, then you'll be happy and you will be strong and you will be powerful. And people will not take advantage of you. So if cleaning the toilets and mopping the floor is something you say, well, somebody's got to do it. And, you know, it would be good for the family if it were like that, then I'll do it. And it's something I really want to do. I want to do that, and I see that everybody else is busy, da, 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 so, you know, I have the time, I'm whatever, I'll do it, and I'd be glad to do it. It's my contribution to this family, you see. Well, then you can scrub that floor and be happy about it, whereas if you're doing it because you're the one everybody gives the bad jobs to and uh, everybody else has some fun while you're scrubbing floors, then you get resentful. That's mm-hmm. different. Now you're doing it not because you want to, but because you're having to play to an image because, you know, you're a slave and your owner says, you know, you need to do it, uh, you know, whatever. And that is coming from weakness. See, so there's a difference. You need to do things. This giving I'm talking about being given is something you do because you want to. It's not something you do because somebody else is forcing you to do it. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a difference. So the, the steps are you become authentic, and when you're authentic, you do things. You interact with people, and then you look and see how that works. <laughs> well, is that working really good, or is it not working so good? If it's not working so good, you try to figure out why, and then change yourself. You can't change them, so don't think about, oh, it's not working so good. I'm going to have to change them. <laughs> you see, that doesn't work. No. You, have to, you have to figure out why and how you're going to change yourself. So you should 
to do those things that you want to do. If you don't want to do them and you're authentic, you can just say, no, sorry, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm authentic. I refuse to clean the floor and the toilets. I'm not doing that anymore. Period. That's just the way I feel about it. Now, other people will have to deal with that, right? Right. So somebody's got to do it. Now, are they going to be able to force you into doing it again? Or are you just not going to do it? You see, you just be authentic. But then you look around and see how does that work? And it might work out good. You may work out really good. Somebody say, well, you know, I see your point. You've been doing that too much. You know, I'll do that for a while. It may work out fine. Or it may not. It may work out terribly. And you then have to make choices. Well, I've got choices now. I can go someplace else and live with other people doing other things. I just remove myself from this abusive situation. Or I can change myself. Okay. But don't decide that you're going to change them. If you're going to change them, all you're, all you're going to do is get into more fussing and arguing and, and negativity, and it isn't going to work. So you either remove yourself from the situation because it isn't a good, healthy situation for you, or you change yourself and try to change your perspective. So then you decide that I can do this because I want to, because I see it's a contribution, or you can decide that, no, I don't want to. It's not where I'm going. It's not me. Look at that and see, well, which of those is the low entropy solution? Sometimes saying no and walking away is the low entropy solution. Right. Sometimes, sometimes learning to love, you know, learning to, to, to give just because it's something you can give and it's helpful is the right solution. But you can't say that all the time, you know, either one of those is right. You have to, you have to have the right solution at the right time for the right problem. Sometimes you need to push back. Sometimes you need to, you know, do the work, cooperate, change your mind. Say, all right, I'm going to repaint those walls. We're not going to have any more green in the house. You know, I'm going to paint them all purple, you know, or something else that everybody likes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you have to, and that depends on you. And as you see that you are demanding more and more that other people do it your way, you'll generally find that that's all high entropy behavior and then nobody's very happy. And as much as you can respect other people and the way they'd like to do it, and that's okay with you, that's something you can give because you want to, then everybody will be happy. If that's something you give because you really don't want to, but you know, you're, you're just doing it to, you know, to stop an argument, you're just doing it because you feel bullied into it or something, then that's just going to fester and make everything worse. So I don't know if that's helped or not, but it's, you know, it's not like this, just do everything anybody wants you to do and you'll be, you know, you'll, you'll grow up and become, uh, you know, low entropy. No, that's not, that's not right. You'll grow up and become angry and resentful and, yes. and hard and a lot of other things. <laughs> so I don't mean just giving. And lying down and being doormat. Giving has to be something you want to do. You want to give to people just because you care about them. Not because you feel it's your duty. Right. Now you may have some duties in life, like, you know, particularly if you have, uh, you know, if you have children, you know, you have a certain amount of duty to take care of them and make sure they stay safe and that they have a good environment to grow up in and, and, that sort of thing. And that is, that's a, it's a responsibility of yours. 
So you do that, but hopefully you do that with love and caring, not because you not because you feel like you have to, because it's expected of you. Well, because you already had children, yeah, then you have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what if you want to you want to serve and and help in that area, and at the same time you want to just go have fun? <laughs> Well, you have to decide what's the low entropy course. Right. Look at it and say, okay, here's here's the choices. I can do this, this, or that. What's the you know which one is the low entropy course? Which one creates the the least amount of damage, the least amount of you know high entropy and bickering and fear and ego and you know which is the best which is the best choice? So then, if you want to do these. And you could try it. You can say, well, okay, maybe I'll just try going to have, having fun, you know. <laughs> but if that turns out to be a poor choice and it's a high entropy choice because you drop your responsibilities and other people have to step in and do them for you and this kind of thing, you know, you neglect to pick your children up after school because you're off having fun and <laughs> so on. You see, then you look at it and you say, well, that just creates a lot of high entropy. That's not working very well. Right. Then you'll have to say, I need to change myself. I need to stop thinking just about me and what I want. And I have to think about other people. And I have to do it not with grit teeth, not like, oh, I have to be responsible. How awful. But you have to accept it and be it and put your arms around it. Embrace, you know, your responsibilities. Do them because you want to. And that means you have to change your attitude, change yourself. Right. And that's what we do. And that's called learning, growing up, you know, and one, <laughs> one little step at a time, you get better and better. Mm-hmm. Your life gets better. Your relationships get better. It's not going to happen all at once, but we, we grow up with experience. Takes a lot of them, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Of, yes. Many thousands of little steps. Yes. Well, that just segues right into my second question, if we have time. Sure, go right ahead. Um, if someone does follow your teachings and sets intention to work through the fears they have and work on having better lower entropy choices, what are some ways to not get sad and depressed? <laughs> As it is difficult when many fears are involved and the process takes several years or more than that. Help us, Tom. How do we do this work and not need to take Prozac? (laughs) (laughs) What are the perception changes? Are there perception changes that can help here or whatever you want to answer it? (laughs) Well, the way you don't get depressed is you don't start feeling sorry for yourself. (laughs) That's how you don't get depressed. Depression is when you start feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, woe is me. I, you know, I do all the work and don't have any of the fun. You know, I'm this, I have to do everything. And I, and you start feeling sorry for yourself and that leads to depression. The other thing that leads to depression is when you feel negative towards yourself. Oh, I'm a screw up. I'm not doing it right. You know, I'm a failure. And you have all that negative stuff about yourself. That will cause you to be depressed. All that is, is ego and fear. So when you find yourself doing that, wallowing in self-pity or being driven by your ego and fear, you need to just back up and say, wait, that's taking me in, you know, no place good. 
Just let that be, you know, suck it up, cupcake. You know, <laughs> let's just move forward and uh, let all that go. You change your attitude and perspective. And you Sometimes catch yourself. It's really hard. <laughs> it is really hard because that's who you are right now. Changing yourself, growing up is not an easy thing to do. To change no. who you are is not an easy thing to do. I want it to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So does everybody. But the, uh, the more you work on it, the easier it will get. But, yes, it is hard in the beginning, you know, to make that, to, to see that others are also important, that others are struggling as well. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. And yes. they have egos. And in their perspective, everything that they want and the way they think things should be done is the right way. From their perspective. (laughs) And you're not doing it the right way when you're not doing it their way. And you have to let them be and say, well, that's just the way they are. I don't have to fight with them. I don't have to convince them that my way is better. Just I'll just work with that. And you'll find that it, you know, that helps. And it takes time. But like I say, growing up is, is thousands of little steps along the way. And don't be discouraged if you take one or two forward and then take one backwards. <laughs> that's what it does. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. And it's a very slow process. Yes. Learning to stop being hard on myself when I would have to, you know, do the two-step backs thing. It's, yes. That, that helped a lot when I just said, hey, th- this is for your learning. <laughs> Instead <laughs> well, of, you did it wrong, right? Yeah, so. you, you got to accept yourself and say, this is me. This is how I am. Okay. Accept it. Don't say, oh, I'm awful. Oh, I failed. Just say, well, this is me. I'm struggling, doing the best I can, and this is the way I am. Now, how can I do better? How can I be better? Well, I'll try not to let that person get under my skin next time. Yes. And, you know, every time I meet them, they get under my skin. Well, that's I can predict what's going to happen the next time I meet them. So how am I going to be different? So then you start solving the problem. And one step by another, pretty soon you're just a different person. And all those problems that were making you feel bad about yourself disappear. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Easy to say, much harder to do. But that's... It's so worth it. It's so worth it. I can say that. It's so worth it. It is. (laughs) 